You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode 90. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. And I'm so excited you should feel these nipples. Stop. Well, that's a new one. That's a new one. Stop. My penis can only get so erect. (laughs) Basketball. All right, so today we are going to be discussing... Uh, dude's got some news from Paul, was it Verhoeven? Verhoeven. Verhoeven, there we go. I can never not pronounce that guy's name correctly. Uh, I almost called him Verderhoven, but but it's Verhoeven. Yeah, there's that. Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford apparently hooked up back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Tracy wants to talk and about bad sex. I do. There's no better topic And for this then podcast. we'll be on to our main topic, which is holiday movies, holiday specials, and movies that are kind of framed by the holidays given that this this episode is going to be coming out just a couple days before thanksgiving which is of course the say. start of the holiday season i mean it's not unless you count halloween it's not really because yeah sometime in middle october is when the the christmas decorations actually came out but yeah and I to be honest we're, like we're talking about this only stay <laughs> out of my holiday fat boy i was gonna say the reason that we're doing this is just because none of us can wait for turkey i know i can't but no cranberry sauce Ugh. I'm not into the cranberries. I was never. I just, so, uh, no. Uh, so, no. So, so one of the secretaries at work for my boss, we had like a holiday luncheon and somebody signed up for, to make homemade cranberry sauce. And she, she, no kidding asked the question, wait, you can make cranberry sauce? Like just on the assumption it uh, only ever came out of the can. <laughs> and well, I just, I, I'll admit I've never had slice. homemade. I've never had homemade. I mean, it can, only had it, it can be very nice, but really? I, I, yeah, I just wanted to start banging my head on the desk. Is this the is this the one that you occasionally tell me says very dumb things? No, it's, not that one. Uh, no, it's one of the two that says very dumb things. The other one is our secu- is our department security coordinator, who is Yay. only is only about a step above like you know moss in terms of intelligence. <laughs> I bet you feel safe. I feel very secure. <laughs> I mean, it tells me I can do whatever the hell I want when it comes to security, because obviously she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. So maybe this was the lady who signed off on the OK for Clinton's server. So it's like, yeah, it's fine, go for it. No problem. problem. Also, can I ask you where you get your pantsuits? <laughs> pantsuits. That's a dude. Let's start us off. Yeah, this was interesting. This article came out a couple of days ago. From actually from France, France24.com, and it was it, the headline: Director Paul Verhoeven bemoans Hollywood's lack of sex. And I have been saying that for years. But basically, the basic hey, wait, instinct. Wait, I just what? realized all of our all of our news is about sex this time. Yes, as it should be, because sex sells. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what we're selling, but it sells. It sells something. <laughs> so basically, the 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 basic what his problem is is that uh, there's just too much PG-13 movies out there uh just a quick excerpt the dutch filmmaker famous for his slew of films that shocked audiences with their sex and violence at studios chasing ratings were now mainly interested in the lucrative pg-13 market quote if you say it has to be pg-13 there are a lot of things you cannot do you cannot be provocative and you cannot be controversial you cannot be sexual erotic in a direct way end quote uh i actually kind of agreed with the note if you don't know paul verhoeven He's the guy who brought us movies like RoboCop, Total Recall, Starship Troopers, a personal favorite of mine, as well as Showgirls and Basic Instinct. So for the late 80s through the mid 90s, he was kind of like the it action director, I guess we could say. Yeah. 
and, and he's got this. He's, he does. He, I he, think and, have he and James point. Cameron. Sure. Yeah. And their their kind of drop off has kind of uh, well they've kind of dropped off in terms of productivity. But basically, he's got this movie in France that he's making where he has a lot of sex in it. He says in the United States, the ratings of movies is a voluntary system managed by the Motion Picture Association of America and the National Association of Theater Owners. This is true. Actually, a lot of people get this wrong. They think it's the government that rates movies, and it's and it's not. This is something that the the studios do themselves. But uh, anyway, uh, the article continues. A film runs the risk of being R-rated if it uses the F word as a verb, a graphic depiction of hard drug use, full male nudity, sex or extreme and graphic violence. This is interesting because I I can't think of a PG-13 that should... I always thought if if you went below the belt on any level, you immediately got an R rating. Like, above the belt was fine, below the belt... I can't think of a PG-13 movie, even in the 80s, that showed below-the-belt nudity, male or female, that guy... From the back or front, though? I mean, like, sometimes you see, like, a guy... No, I'm saying from the front. From the back, just think of uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. You got full... Logan butt in a PG-13 movie. Which was nice, by the way. Yeah, I was, I was complaining actually, about it. I was super it just, happy. I don't know what it is, but but I think... So, uh, I'm going to pull it back up. Do, okay, so, but I don't know that you need to have... I, I know that what this director is saying is that you should have more sex, you should be more provocative, but I don't really need that in a movie. Like, I really don't. I think it's much more erotic, it's much nicer to just sort of have it understood. I mean, I don't. So I don't Tracy think wants pastoral to. sex. Or to, um, she, to, she prefers to quote, the bump and grind of Cinemax movies at two in the morning. I was, no, I was going uh, <laughs> to say soft quote music. Pip, to quote semi-erotic Pippin, is is what I'm hoping. For to here. quote Pippin, sex presented pastorally. Mm. Yes. I, so, it, it, of course, it's it's one of those things where it's really just a matter of of taste. Yeah, and it that's, is. That's really what it is. Um, and like I, but I really do get Verhoeven's point. Is like, I, I can't think of a really challenging mainstream movie in the last fifteen years where it did have a, a, you know specifically sex involved in it. Now there were some small movies that came out that did push the envelope. You know, back when I was in college, one of them was called Nine Songs, yeah, see, which was the very. I was thinking of. Yeah, that was very explicit, and then. I had a friend of mine. They've You're been thinking watching... PG-13 specific, right? Not R-rated, because R-rated. I mean, I can give you a dozen of them. It R-rated, like that had sex in it or full frontal nudity, like what? Yeah, like uh, Cold Mountain. What's the other one that came out about the same time? There were several that that came out like right around the same time. Below the belt or above the belt? Oh no, it was it was full. Really? Yeah. Well, and then Watchmen. I mean, sort of. No. It was blue, but. No, that doesn't count. Um, I don't count Watchmen. So you're saying so you, hey, what you're you saying all that, is it all that matter. blue penis and you don't count it? Yeah, no. I do remember the little girl like in the, the theater watching dog, it and though. giggling her face off. That was really funny. What? Like that was the first time that girl saw a penis. Was blue <laughs> Manhattan. that really like you know that laugh that girls do the first time they see it and they're like or maybe they just laugh at me, but like they just they laugh and it's like that that was her first penis. She's never seen a dick and she gets big blue glowing Dr. Manhattan penis. I, I need I need to look into it cuz I think when they actually released that on on DVD and Blu-ray, they they cut that bit out. Well, they they shortened the amount. Like there was a lot more blue penis in the theaters. I don't yeah. know if you remember our friend Amanda Becker was in a theater where the the old like sixty year old woman in front of her was actually keeping count. 
<laughs> and according to Becker, she was off by two. <laughs> I, I just remember, like, in the early 90s and late 80s, you could see a topless woman, and it was it was a, it was a PG-13 film. It was never a big a deal. And then, like, lately, you know, it, that's been relegated to the world of R-rated films, and the world of R-rated really? films have just been shrinking more and more and more. And maybe it's just the films I, I encounter. I just... I just don't see a lot of nudities these days. I, I just feel like the society is just getting a little more prudish. Well, we've talked about that before. I, I sure. agree that, that society is getting more prudish. And oddly, it's coming from the people that you wouldn't expect that from. But I don't know that that's necessarily true. I'm going to see you sprang this on me, and now i got to think about it. We'll oh, it's definitely worth that. thinking about. That's, yeah. why, that's why I brought it up. Because I've always had the – I don't have any proof of this. I just have the, like the, the inclination that he's correct. Like intuitively, it just sounds like it makes sense. It's just, you know, even but even like, you know, action scenes like in movies, when someone gets shot, like blood doesn't shoot out the way it did in a Sam Peckinpah movie. It's like dust comes out of them. I remember the first time I saw that was in the Equilibrium movie. Is Christian Bale shoots him and like dust came out. I was like, are these people hollow? This is weird. Was, and then like was when Equilibrium blood does rated show up, R like, though? They freak out, huh? Was was Equilibrium rated R? I don't remember. It was it was rated straight to DVD. That's that's what that one was. <laughs> I really don't remember. But that's been a, a thing lately. I don't know. Just I just that's really just interesting. Seem... I feel like this is a topic we could dig more into. Oh really yeah, no. I, I I've thought about it for a while. I remember that big fight from Star Trek Into Darkness, where that what's her name showed up in like her underwear, and everyone got super bent out of shape. And I was like, why? No one, no one seemed to get bent out of shape when we saw Logan butt the very next year. Hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. People just, I, people freak out. I don't know what it is. Just maybe it's just fun to freak out. I can, I can go along with that. Yeah. All right. So what about Carrie Fisher? Yeah, no, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, this is good. So Carrie Fisher uh, is now admitting that back during the filming of the original Star Wars, back in filming in 1976 that she and Harrison Ford carry on, carried on an affair for, what, about three months, she said? So hot. Right. No, who didn't know this happened? I just always I, assumed I honest, it did. I honestly never even thought about it until it was brought yeah. up. Like, truthfully, I just never never even thought, it never occurred really? to me. Yeah. No. Yeah, see, I just, I just made the assumption that it had happened and nobody's, I, I guess now, now that I read up on it, she's like, oh, I've been denying this for years, or somebody's been saying that she was, she, they've both been denying it. And I'm like, oh, they denied it? I thought it was pretty obvious that they had. Okay. I think some of so, that's also you coming to Star Wars as an adult. That's true. You're just a, you're, true. you're making you're making a, adult level assumptions about about a movie. That's true, and and the the original audience wasn't necessarily adults with a, an adult frame of reference. Either but that yeah. or Tracy just assumes that everyone is boning on a stage on, it, on a movie set. It's, it's just ho- like yeah, they had sex. It's Hollywood. Totally Typically, I notice that if there's absolutely no chemistry on between uh, two characters, that they are probably are actually hooking up. And then if there's a lot of chemistry, they haven't hooked up yet, but they really want to. Is that what it is? Is that how it works? That's, okay. that's literally all. It, that that's it. That's all it takes. It's just, just yeah. frustration. <laughs> yeah. Like if you ever seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith, there's like no chemistry. That's how I knew they had already started. I was is like, oh, what? okay. Okay, it's a shitty movie, by the way. All, that, all you're saying is that the way to get the best performance out of a male actor is blue balls. That's exactly. really what I'm hearing exactly. from you. Exactly. I mean... Girls, too. Well, I was going to say, I mean... Blue ovaries? They, 
I don't know what the equivalent is, but yeah. I mean, you know, sports coaches, you know, that has been a, a long-standing myth in sports. Yeah, boxing. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, Bull Durham. Yep. That was in that that was a big part wait, of Bull Durham. Wait. Who is Bull Durham? And tell me why this is important. Bull here. Durham is a baseball was, movie. Yeah, it was with the Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. He's a pitcher. Yeah, and he's training like the young, the young and upcoming pitcher. Mm-hmm. And basically, he like makes the young and upcoming pitcher stop having sex, and so he he then like takes it out on the on the baseball field. Oh yeah, there was huh. the same thing in Creed a couple years ago where Rocky was telling like Apollo Creed's kid not not to do anything. He's like, it messes up your legs and screws with your legs. <laughs> well, and that's sort of a, a basis of some cultures too. Like tantric sex is all about not actually coming, right? I hope not. And somebody's <laughs> been doing it wrong. <laughs> Um, Someone go ask so, yeah. Sting. <laughs> that's, that's apparently one of his things. He's yeah, he's probably like. I remember that. Remember that, that 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 what was that celebrity death match where Sting fought someone and just the running joke was I can have sex for eight hours. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, that was that was the running. <laughs> oh man, celebrity death match. I don't think that happened with Terry or or, or Harrison Ford. She was nineteen at the time. How old and was he? 34. 33. 34. Okay, that's not terrible. Okay, it's 33 in this article. I so. thought he was older than that. No. No, it's not I mean, terrible. It's awesome. Good good for Harrison. Wow. Yeah, I mean... Um, I mean, wow. I mean, look, he was a good-looking guy. She was a good-looking girl. Yeah. Wait, where's the cutoff? There's, like, is there a cutoff that if you get too far for, like, obviously, like, there's the age of consent, but is there, like, a distance where it's, like, nope, you can't, you can't do this anymore? Great-grandparents? Speaking from experience. (laughs) From experience? (laughs) On the farm? Speaking from experience? No, no, no. Because everyone was, like, five years older than everybody. Post-farm. I would say that I don't think that anyone should dictate who anybody else has sex with, but I can tell you that carrying on a romantic relationship with a guy significantly older than you are can mess with your head a lot. Well, there's a difference between carrying on a romantic relationship and having sex for three months on a film set. Yeah, but does a 19-year-old know the difference? I'm not sure they do. I think carrying... Legally, they do, and that's what we have to assume. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that anybody else should get involved, but I am saying it will mess with your head. No, I think in Carrie Fisher's uh, particular case, I think, yes, she knew the difference. Also, I think there was plenty of other shit messing with Carrie Fisher's head at the time <laughs> that wasn't Harrison was, Ford. That it was is way more point. healthy. It was way less healthier than Harrison Ford. I don't think it was at that point. I think it was shortly thereafter, especially the Paul Simon years. Because <laughs> that was that was 10 years of, oh, fuck. That's true. Yeah, so carrying on with the theme of <laughs> sex, bad sex, good sex, whatever. So the, um, the bad sex in fiction... 2016 nominees are out or in, whichever, however you want to say that. Been and we've got did some they, really hang, hang interesting. On, had, did, were, were they pulling out earlier? Is that was the case? And... Oh, but um, <laughs> that was good. Andrew made it funny. Well, anyways, so Andrew subscribes to the natural family planning method. Um, so one, what? two, huh? three, the natural family planning method, pulling out. Who said I did that? No. No, well, I was. <laughs> wow. Damn. Okay, so then Grace that one, that one fell. Wrong very... rabbit hole. She's <laughs> like, I'm gonna go down this way. He ain't gonna follow. Wrong. You're talking to two men right now. Right. No, Tracy <laughs> should know better that I that I'll still follow down the fucking rabbit hole. Right. 
So we've got six nominees for this, and um, they're they're interesting. And I I managed to find someone's blog post. This is a blog post by someone whose screen name is Professor Wu. Um, extracts that made the 2016 shortlist. So the the reason that these books were nominated for this award, these are fantastic. I am throwing these into the show notes, of course. There's one about, um, there's one about some some guy jacking off like furiously. Yeah, and, <laughs> I wanted Tracy to do a dramatic reading of some of these excerpts. Well, perhaps my favorite is this one from the pe- the Tobacconist by Robert C. Thaler. It goes, he closed his eyes and heard himself make a gurgling sound, period. And as his trousers slipped down his legs, all the burdens of his life to date seemed to fall away from him. He tipped back his head and faced up into the darkness beneath the ceiling. And for one blessed moment, he felt as if he could understand the things of this world in all their immeasurable beauty. However, if you continue reading through this this section, you realize that nothing sexual has actually happened. That was just him taking off his pants. <laughs> no, I'm so, like, I'm wait, like, so hey, you guys don't feel like that when you take your pants off? <laughs> I, I think I think that guy has a problem, and I think he needs to see his doctor. I'm so. lazy. I just unbutton my pants and walk around the apartment until they fall off. That's just <laughs> pants hey. everywhere. If I did that, I would, like, face plant into a wall. Yeah, <laughs> you die. I, yeah, I'm so already not coordinated of, enough. There was one that I liked that... Quote, he jerked off with the determination of someone within Everest's summit, having lost all his friends and Sherpas, having run out of supply, uh, supplemental oxygen, but preferring death to failure. That was. Wow. That was he took fun. that metaphor as far as it was going to go. He, yeah, he, that was, he, he went all in on that one. End of the line right here. Oh, geez. Yeah. So these these are all really great. And of course, they'll go in the show notes. Good times. Oh, good Lord. So holiday movies. Let's talk Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to talk Christmas after that? Santa Claus. Family friendly. Soft core. It brings <laughs> a whole new definition. Christmas. Brings a whole new definition to I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. No, if you listen to that though, seriously, I saw mommy kissing. Didn't kiss. There's, there was some tongue going on. Okay, they were at it. Definitely. Kissing at it. Santa Claus. That was a long term situation. Yeah, Christmas okay. movies. <laughs> so obviously, you know, especially I think in the last few years we've gotten a lot more of them. But you know, every year we get the 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 slew of holiday films, and then in addition we get you know all the classics. You know, you get Rudolph, you get Frosty. Uh, my personal favorite, is National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Oh, see, my favorite is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and mine's mine's a Christmas Story. And my, Very nice. My 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 mother hates Christmas Vacation, and my sister hates Christmas Story, but Christmas Story is is still pretty fantastic. Yeah, oh, it really is. But yeah, I mean, um, so I mean, just what what are your what are y'all's thoughts on on Christmas? You know, on the holiday movies in general. So I, I, I I'm in oh, go ahead. <laughs> I think I I really love the classics, and every now and then a Christmas movie comes along, like Elf or Home Alone, although Home Alone is a little older. Where you That's think, it. okay, this is we're, we're adding That's this it. to the list. <laughs> God, I love that. I love, yes, that'll I. Um, and you look at it and you think, okay, we're going to add this to the repertoire. Like this is another one of the classics. My mom's favorite is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. With which, Jim Carrey? No, 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 the old one, the original, the, okay. the cartoon. And 
But for the most part, like the Lifetime Channel ones are just so crappy. Even they make you want to throw up. Even a lot of the ones real... that get released in theaters are pretty shitty. There was a yeah. Seth Rogen one last year that was just like abysmal. Oh, with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I can't remember if and he was in that or not, but Anthony Mackie was in that one. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's every, you know, every year you you get one or two of these. Um, there was the Vince Vaughn one two or three oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah, it was like four. Was cr- that Christmas with the Cranks? Because yeah, you get some sincerely terrible ones. No, the think, four Christmases that... one where yeah. they decide that you know oh, their whole life is a lot. And the thing was, is they were like a really cool couple at the beginning. And when I first started, I sat down to watch. I didn't watch it in the theaters. I first sat down to watch that movie. I was like, oh, these guys are cool. They're like role playing in the bathroom of a bar, and then um, they go and and by the end of the movie, she's like, no, no, I I have to have a child. This is the one he did with Reese Witherspoon, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. So that the whole movie awful. was, yeah, it was just, and the dialogue was, was so bad. It, it was just like, I don't think they had wrote anything. They would just let Vince Vaughn <laughs> riff. Because <laughs> when you watch it, he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have like, we're going to come out and we're going to have a kid working together. And then we're going to do it. It's like, he's just taught. What is he doing? <laughs> it just, that was the entire, like the, the totality of every scene was, was Vince Vaughn riffing for like 45 <laughs> 45 seconds and they would cut to another scene. Yikes. Yeah. It was that was such a bad one. Yeah, I mean I think you're I think you're right. Yeah, you know, we get we get every so often we get ones that are that become more or less classics. I mean I don't know how to, to, I'd have a hard time calling Bad Santa a classic though. I love it. Oh, I love well, Bad Elf, Santa. Elf Elf I think is at this point. I mean is it? Will Ferrell. People yeah, oh, love it, Elf. I've never I don't think I've really ever seen it. it. it I it's saw okay. It. It's, it's not just bad. It's okay. Uh, but people really do love it. They love the spinning around on skates in Central Park or whatever he's doing. Um, they love him going, Santa, and tackling the guy in the mall. They really love, um, you know, the the raccoon attack, I think, happens in that, too. I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But, yeah, people really, really like that. So I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I, I definitely would kind of put it in there with the with the ones you should watch every year, you know, that your family, somebody in your family watches at some point. Yes, yeah, so, so, the one yeah, I, I used I to like really old... like was Love Actually. Like I used to really like that one when I was in college, and then like uh, I I decided I, I guess I lived life for a little while and just realized that movie was a horrific fantasy that just tricks people into believe <laughs> into believing things that aren't real. Nice, like Christmas. Like that's really what that movie. That movie was evil. It is. It, it's a quite. It's it's one of those ones that's sort of a Valentine's Day crossover. In fact. I expected it going into it. I was like, doesn't, isn't this a Valentine's day type of movie? You know, they do that Valentine's movie every year. It's like the same movie. They just shoot it with a different cast. Yeah. Um, and this one, they just packed in every single British actor they could possibly find. And they made it about Christmas. And and then added Laura Linney. <laughs> that was what they did. <laughs> that movie was, that movie was horrific. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like why we continually focus movies around Christmas though. Like there's a lot of other holidays. Yeah, well, but Christmas definitely... is Christmas is the is the consummate experience. I mean, for a long time, you could pretty much bet that almost everyone celebrated it. So it's one of those one of those few topics that you can expect an audience, or at least you can hope for an audience based on a shared experience, right? Yeah, basically, I mean, like even even I think in America, non Christians have started to celebrate Christmas. It's just yeah. kind of a thing you do. And it's a whole world thing, you know, even that um, that one thing in was it World War One or World War Two, the miracle on the Marne or whatever they called it. 
where yeah, everybody just got world really quiet for that's, for one, well, the the day of Christmas. I mean, the whole world celebrates this. That was World War One. That's not the miracle on the Marne, but yes. I'm sorry. The, yeah, fa- it, the famous one was that was they they stopped for one day. Yeah. There was a movie yeah. about it. There was a, a foreign film. It was called Jacques Noël, I think it was called. There's actually about, a couple movies about it. Um, I'm sure there are. Yeah, but it's. So yeah, the, I think Christmas is something that is celebrated. Like Thanksgiving, we only celebrate here in the U.S. So you're limiting your audience. Nobody's going to care about that in, in wherever Germany. Um, but well, for the Christmas longest time, it didn't matter, right? I mean, just most of these classic Christmas movies go back to the '40s. Yeah, yeah, I which like I love. Really Those are my favorite ones. ones. The dancing, the singing, I love it. I, said, I yeah, love it. I said, yeah, a lot of the, like the really classic ones, you know, like White Christmas and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and It's a Wonderful Life and. Yeah, those are all like the ones that've been been around forever. Holiday Inn, one yeah. of my Holiday Inn's another one. Yeah, yeah, and and they they seem to kind of come in waves a little bit. So you get, you got the ones like the '30s and '40s, and then in like the early '60s, you got like all the cartoon stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. You yep. got Frosty and Rudolph and Charlie Brown and the Grinch. Those are all my mom and dad's favorites because that was their formative years, right? Because they were both born in the mid '50s. I mean, so I love I love me some Charlie Brown. Yeah, the Charlie yes. Brown one is great. That and yep. and I mean, dude, uh, we showed it to Tracy, but the Charlie Brown Kwanzaa. Oh my God, we're gonna get in trouble for talking about this. one. We are, but it's one. It's one. It's one of the most fucked up things any of us have ever it seen. It really is messed up. But it's just so goddamn funny. It is so funny. It's so over the top. It's so ridiculous. But it is. We are gonna get in trouble. Yeah, probably. We'll just throw it in the show notes. Nobody yeah. can blame us for that. Yeah, we're just aware. informing the populace. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. Yeah. <laughs> If you just beware. I like how you have these, like, you have Christmas movies that are, like, Christmas movies, and then you've got, like, Christmas movies that just happen to have Christmas around them. Yeah, it's like, like a, the Christmas is like a framing. Right, but actually has nothing to do with Christmas at all. Yep, the first two Die Hard, the ones that come to mind for me, the first two Die Hards and Batman Returns. Yeah. I, and I, was... I love it how, like, when people argue, like, what's the best Christmas movie ever made? And, like, someone... It, Always says Die Hard. Bring up Die Hard. My mother does. That, that is my mother's favorite Christmas movie. Is Die Hard. <laughs> to which my That's my sister my hilarious. sister will just immediately start screaming at my mother that it's not a Christmas movie. Right. <laughs> which, and or, I, which, I have which, to throw then, in here, although the the boys have told me that they haven't seen it yet at, at all, is um, Friday After Next because it the story is not about Christmas, but Christmas happens sort of around it as well. I was also thinking Gremlins. Oh yeah, the first first gremlins oh good one isn't isn't yeah. for isn't the first rambo kind of around christmas i don't remember that's yeah. actually a really good question i don't remember I, I feel like it is and i just i I mean i could be completely off on that but and also you have to like bring bring up like the 70 adaptations of a christmas carol that have come out since oh, the 40s yeah. i mean see and, and some of them are certainly better than others yeah yeah you know, the the, the oh, george geez. c scott so when uh, Patrick um, Stewart, the Patrick mu- Stewart one, I think is the most well-known, but then you got like the, like the kind of like weird adaptations, like Scrooged with Bill Murray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scrooged. There was the Jim Carrey version a couple years ago. Jim Carrey one was pretty popular. And uh, then there are uh, a lot uh, of Mu- Muppet Christmas Carol. That was about to say, let's not forget the Muppet Christmas. Cause that one's and awesome. The best one of the group, yeah. In my, my opinion. Like the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat. <laughs> that that and like when Rizzo like leaves the jelly beans like oh wait I gotta go back to the jelly beans and they just finish like climbing over the gate and he just walks through he's like wait you could walk through there the whole time yeah what uh... I like the 
like the one where they go into Scrooge, like the part where they, the very beginning, they go into Scrooge's office and like, oh God, it's colder in here. We were better off outside. Right, right. <laughs> and then the, the the many many retellings that aren't actually labeled a Christmas Carol, but they're basically the exact same story. Um, so long time ago, when Kurt and I were first hanging out he had a roommate and the roommate had two kids. And so one, I remember one weekend, it was about two or three weeks before Christmas. And I was hanging out at the house for the weekend and the roommate had his two kids over and they watched Netflix from like seven 30 in the morning until about eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. And mm. they watched every version of a Christmas Carol, like the same exact storyline over and over and over. And finally, by the end, I looked at Kurt and I was like, can we go out for dinner? Because I can't take this exact same story again today. Yeah, I love it. Was, and it was just, that's all they watched. They didn't watch any other Christmas. It was just every adaptation of Christmas Carol that ever existed. And, and a few retellings that didn't actually say a Christmas Carol, but it was basically about the grumpy guy and the, and the, you know, handicapped kid that makes him love yeah. oh my god oh my god was, uh, I was one of the movie with Nicolas Cage family man that was basically yes. basically okay, that one yep. yeah and I mean it's a classic it really is a classic and the original is very cool and and you're right the Muppets are hilarious but geez there's only so much a person can take yeah and of course there's the classic Ernest Saves Christmas we don't want oh, to forget god, that oh god no we can't forget that one <laughs> please don't forget that one you know I gotta go back and watch those because they're not good movies by any stretch they are really, like, that man did some amazing physical comedy, though. Oh, he was great. He was really, really great. But, I, yeah, I think, actually, now that I think about it, because Christmas Story is still one of my favorites, just because it, it had that Northeast feel to it, mm-hmm. that it, ju- it just felt yeah. like this was the life that, like, if you grew up in the Northeast, or maybe even the Midwest, like the Northern Midwest, like the Chicago area, or the Rust Belt areas, like, that was kind of your life. You grew up, yeah. like, working class. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, that that stuff was just like, I think it it matters if it speaks to like the the, the culture you grew up in. I just feel like Christmas Story. If you didn't grow up in that, I don't, or even like have family that grew up in that, you're not gonna get it. Yeah. Well, I will say that as an adult, it's a major award. (laughs) I was gonna say it. It also, I as an adult, I identify with different characters, and that I felt like that movie kind of grew with me a little bit. Now I kind of understand what the dad was kind of going through yeah that's true you know i don't it, and it's in a sad way it's not it's not actually very uplifting but no, i get it that's definitely it's right it's a good way of putting it it's definitely a dad movie like well, dad get that well there are certain parts of that movie as you get older that you feel almost like more sentimental about and a little bit sad about like as you start be- transitioning from being the kid to being the person looking back on their childhood that way you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's still I still really love the movie, but you're it's a different thing watching it as an adult than as a kid. I feel the same way about It's a Wonderful Life. So when I was a kid, my dad worked a lot, like a ridiculous amount, and so he was often exhausted in the in the, in the fields. Yes, uh, harvesting the grain that we then ground ourselves and made into bread. Obviously, this is before after so, weekly barn raising. but because of that he was often exhausted and i mean like literally lived his life tired and so he was crabby and being kids we didn't really get why he was crabby we just understood that our dad was cranky a lot and so as a kid watching that 
I identified with the children that were responding to, especially towards the end of the movie, I understood what the kids were going through when their dad yelled at them and like threw, you know, like kicked the display in the corner of the, of the living room. And cause I, I sort of lived through that and I got it. And now as an adult, I totally get where he's coming from. And as a crazy dog lady, I totally get where the crazy uncle is coming from. So <laughs> I've kind of done this growing up. The only one I really don't ever understand is Violet, the, the somewhat loose woman that has her eye on him from, you know, their childhood. I like what's interesting about it's a wonderful life. And you have to check me on this story. Cause it just came to me was that that movie was not popular when it came out. It was not a big hit. Yeah, it wasn't, but it was one of the first movies that were, were put on television and I think it was like, it might have even been a public domain film that some, oh shit, I'm getting this story wrong, but but it was, I know it wasn't popular when it came out, and I think it was something to the effect of a public domain film that some network started putting on just over and over and over again when there weren't many options No, I think, you, I think you're TV. right. So it just... It, it's, it's this thing called like path dependency in economics where it just this was the first one that like plowed through the, the Christmas season television runs yeah. and just everyone grew up with it and it just became synonymous just, with Christmas. And, yeah, it just became yeah. a Christmas movie. I mean, when I watch it, I, it's one of those it's one of those it's really not that much America. about Christmas. No, it's, it's not. It's like this small town America story. But you, I, my favorite part of that was when it was his character's name, George Bailey. Yep. Where he he goes he goes into the town, the downtown after he's been like removed from history. And mm -hmm. it's all like this, like peep shows, gambling halls, casinos. <laughs> and I'm like, this town's way cooler. If this guy's never born, <laughs> can we just keep him dead? Cause this is, sounds way more fun. <laughs> Everyone um, else is just kind of nasty and, and, and small towny. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it does sort of put a very strong moral uh, lens on George Bailey as, as the town's, I don't know, guidance. His, the town's moral compass or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and Clarence, like who doesn't know about Clarence? Clarence as the guardian angel is sort of a staple of American culture now. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great movie and not always in feel-good ways. Sometimes it's a, it is a little sad. No, the people are kind of nasty in that movie. If you really watch it, they're kind of mean. They tend to be. They tend to be kind of mean. I, my favorite was the Rocco's Modern Life I, I was just thinking about that one. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Daddy, daddy, daddy! Every my teacher says every time an, a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. And the guy looks up at his kids like, "Your teacher's full of crap." Yep. <laughs> now, it was. Oh, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the bell ringing. It was every time a gas cap gets returned. Oh, because yes, that's his Rocco's you. gas cap got stolen. Yes, that was so good. There was oh, that. Hey, so am I? Am I the only one here who like slightly fantasized about being able to make plans, kind of like Macaulay Culkin did in Home Alone? <laughs> we're just like booby trapping oh, the whole house yeah it's also like that that's... that movie is still one of the funniest things to me just just I watching like watching the shit getting beat out of those two guys oh yeah especially because like growing up you probably went through the same thing i did is we we know joe pesci from the home like the first time if you're in our age group you encountered joe pesci was home alone right and then you realize this guy's been in raging bull casino Goodfellas, like this it's, was like one of Scorsese's top supporting actors. It's hard like, to take it's hard to take Joe Pesci seriously when you've seen him get the shit kicked out of him by Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, it's really hard <laughs> to like 
Like, you watch Raging Bull, and it's like, that's the guy who took a staple gun in the dick in Home Alone 1. <laughs> yep. Um, or, or and actually... freaking Chris okay. Elliott. Right. Um, Daniel Stern, actually... Oh, no, sorry, yeah, yeah, I that's believe... right, it is Daniel. It's not Chris Elliott, it's Daniel Stern. Yeah, Daniel Stern exactly. actually posted something um, halfway through this year, back in July. I'll throw this in the show notes, too. Um, it, it's Home Alone co-star resurfaces after 26 years. It's the name of the YouTube video. And he, he does his own. I, I want to. It's been a while since I saw this video. But I, I want to say that he does his own setup of traps. And then no. um, so that's kind of actually funny. I mean, it, it, the guy didn't do a whole lot outside of this. God, now I want to go. Now I want to go watch Home Alone. Yeah, well, it's such a good. Doing, I mean, it's worth it. Yeah, well, while we're doing member berries on this kind of stuff, he was actually the voice of the narrator for um, Wonder Years. Really? I think he's, he's Kevin. Like you know how like Kevin kind of narrates the story like yeah. from the back. It's Daniel Stern's voice. I'm, I'm I'm looking up right now to make sure that it, he was also Dilbert. He did a lot of voice stuff. That was the other thing. Is he kind of fell remember, off the, Yeah, I remember him in Dilbert. But he was definitely okay. voice stuff. But I'm almost certain he was the narrator. It's for yep, Wonder he Years. is Kevin Arnold, the narrator in the Wonder yep. Years, 1988 to 1993. Huh? Good for you for recognizing that. I I would never have known that. That was one of my favorite shows when I was younger. Was the Wonder Years. The other one, the other one I think I love about that one is just like the random John Candy character, <laughs> where, where John John Candy's just like the with a poker oh, band and they're like, driving in the back to... of the U-Haul. That, like, yeah. try, and try doesn't to help he try them. to comfort the mom? Yeah. Or try to help her out or something like that? Like, tries that. to comfort the mom by basically telling them how horrible a parents all the other guys are. <laughs> yeah, him over here. Like, his kids don't even recognize him. They're not helping. Yeah. I'd forgotten he was in that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, John, and then, of course, John they Candy's, did it all over again. John Candy's one of those guys who just, who's in, like, almost everything. everything. We're talking about, I mean, talking about other holiday films. Yeah, until he died. Well, yeah. Like planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. Oh yeah, he did a bunch of them in the eighties. Yeah, he Uncle a, Uncle Buck. Yeah. Talking talking about Macaulay Culkin there too. Yeah. An even younger version. Although I I Macaulay Culkin um about a year or two years ago looked really bad, and I mean he looked thin and and gross, and I I think he's been looking better these days. So yeah, I'm I think there was also whatever. like. Some people, this I might be like stretching here, but I think he also was like doing a role, and where people like took pictures of him, like, oh, Macaulay Culkin's about to die. He's like, actually, he's doing like this, some straight to DVD movie where he plays a drug addict or something like that. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, uh, yeah. okay, that makes sense. There was something going on. There, I really, but... I really loved his brother in uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh yes, his brother in Scott Pilgrim was great. Which, <laughs> not a Christmas what? movie, it was no. just snowy because it was set in Canada, yeah. right? Well, not a Christmas movie. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, it's not a Christmas movie, but a New Year's Eve movie that I just realized as we're talking about it because I watched it last night. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Not Christmas, but set uh, as a New Year's movie because yeah. they always say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So it kind of counts. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. That's like the holiday I, season. I, yeah. Holiday season. I still I still think Ghostbusters 2 is great. I know a lot of people are, are are let down by it, but I thought it was still no, good. No, it's still great. Oh, God, Christmas movies. Does Lethal Weapon count? Do we count Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. about Lethal Weapon. When he ambushes the guys in the fucking Christmas tree. Uh, yes, right. Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, and was it Gary Busey shoots up his house? There's all the Christmas. De- <laughs> he just yeah. shoot up the Christmas decorations. 
boy. Little did we know that Gary Busey wasn't actually acting. He just showed up yeah, and started shooting up someone's house. That was a real gun. They just gave it to him and he shot him. <laughs> oh, you guys. You guys. So the other day I was watching this movie that is not Christmas related, but it's called DC Cab. DC Taxi. DC Cab. Oh, and it just it was on HBO Go. And um, it's Were you got watching a softcore very... porn? Again. Again, soft light. Why do you guys call me out like that? <laughs> but for real. Um, so it has a very young Adam Baldwin. Adam's oh. the, yes, Adam from Firefly, that guy. A right. very young, but also has Gary Busey. And we're watching, and the, uh, pre-accident Gary Busey. And we're watching this, and I'm like, I swear to God, in every scene, they, they just let Gary Busey just say whatever. You, you were talking <laughs> about just ad-libbing. They just say, okay, Gary, start talking. And like, some of the shit that he says, I'm like, Oh, it's poetry. It's oh my God. poetry. <laughs> it really was. I was just blown away. I was blown away. Even for that time, it was bad. Woof. Oh, my God. Just you never watched <laughs> the I'm With Busey show, did you? On, no. On comics from like 10, 15 years ago? No. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really something. You're like, this is not It's not even fake. This is, He's like this. Yes. I remember listening to, like, to the Marin podcast when I used to listen to the Marin podcast years and years ago. He was doing some panel, and some guy did a Gary Busey impersonation, and you're and it was just so perfect because he's like, there I was in the parking lot of the Frito-Lays factory getting a hand job from what I hoped was a circus clown. <laughs> wow. Wow. It was like, it's not Gary. It really was Gary didn't say that. It wasn't Gary, some comedian, but it was like, wow, that's perfect. Like that's, I believe that actually happened. That's why it's so funny. Every every single word of that sentence is surprising each as, as it comes up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what Gary Busey was. It was like, really? Yeah, you know. Same you, thing when he was an entourage. It was like, you're beautiful, Gary. Don't don't ever stop being crazy. Yeah, like. You know, like you said, like he he will say a word and you have no idea what the next word is going to be. Yes. <laughs> You're not even sure that it's going to be a sentence. Nope. <laughs> you know, and it's great that people like this exist. It makes me happy that these people live in the same world that I do. Remember the Amazon yeah. Fire commercials where he's screaming at the like the Apple TV remote, "Find Gary Busey." <laughs> Because like they're trying to demonstrate that the Apple Fire remote is is voice activated, and he's just like oh, yeah. screaming at a regular notice. remote, "Find Gary Busey," and like it's doing nothing. <laughs> oh my god! Do we count? Do we count Jesus movies as as Christmas movies? What? Oh, what, what, we... what? What? No, what do you have in mind? Well, you know the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, it was the Passion of Christ, Last Temptation of Christ. Greatest story ever told. See, that's the thing is, I remember when I was growing greatest up, like, story Jesus, ever told, story, I think, counts because Jesus it's, Christ it's Superstar. The beginning. Oh well. Yes. <laughs> Only because um, it's anything purple. that involves because... his birth. As long as you got a flashback to his birth, you're good. I think. So Ben Hur doesn't count. Nope, doesn't count. It's a Jesus movie, but it doesn't Jesus count. Movie. That's doesn't for that's for dogma? Easter. Dogma. Dogma. Jesus movie. Yeah. Do we do dogma. It's not. A, it's not an all. It's not an all Christmas, but it's a Jesus movie. Definitely a Jesus movie. The Buddy Christ. God, I love that Buddy Christ. Yeah. If there's one thing that's gonna endear, it's it's that it's that Buddy Christ. That and and uh, George Carlin is a cardinal. Oh, that was so good. Because it's just so irreverent. Yeah, and, and and ironic in every way. All right. So, did anyone else have anything on Christmas movies? No, I think that should be it. Yeah. Yep. All right, Tracy. Cool. What have you well, been we're into? excited for Turkey. Oh, let's see. What have I been into? I um. Tracy so... forgot we do this segment. I did forget. I entirely forgot. I've been playing this new game on um, on my phone called Eden, and 
it's okay. That's it. That's all I got. It's it basically you're like you're trying to build like a little encampment and you're supposed to grow it into a city and it's a pretty standard mobile game. It's a little bit. I'm in the early stages. That's always like when you're sort of you know flirting with this new app and and sort of have crushes on each other and everything's really exciting and you spend a lot of time talking and then you get to the point where you're grinding all the time and then you just delete it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point yet, so I'm spending a lot of time on there. Your relationships um, concern me. You know that, right? My relationships are very strange, all of them. So I finished the... Older the, men. Um, not anymore. So, well, no, that's not true. <laughs> no, that's not, yeah, it's not that's true not at all. That's not true. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Huh. Score that one is point for dude. All right. Um, the book that I mentioned last time called, I mentioned, called Unmentionable, um, about Victorian women and what they actually had to deal with was fantastic. I am oh, done with it. that's a popular-ass book because, like, after Tracy mentioned that, I, I just ran across, like, four articles on it and, like, two YouTube videos and, like, an NPR thing. They're all oh, Everyone was talking about it. It was like, even they think Joe Rogan brought it up. It was weird. Uh, well, she did a Reddit AMA, so I'm thinking that that sort of because that's I read her AMA and then that's why I bought the book because she was interesting on it. So um, it could be that they're picking up their news from the same place I am. Mm. Reddit's a pretty big place for uh, for a lot of media guys to go and, and pick up info. Um, I have what else have I been doing? We went to the Air and Sp- the National Air and Space Museum down close to the National Mall today for the first time. That was actually quite interesting, although by the end I was really burnt out. I couldn't even really read any of the exhibits anymore, so we just sort of wandered through. That was a lot of fun, and we, we stopped and did the planetarium sort of movie show thing on um, dark matter and deep space and all that stuff narrated by Neil deGrasse Tyson. That was quite enlightening. Uh, a lot of fun, which I had never actually been in a planetarium. I've been in air and space museums before, but I never went into the planetarium, so that was really cool. So that's it. Uh, let's so, see. Oh, and I'm I'm on Westworld. Are you watching Westworld, dude? Because I know that you would like it. No. You need you you should watch it because I I think that you and I have interesting thoughts on Uncanny Valley and robots and Western culture and that kind of thing. Sorry, go ahead, Andrew. So so I cleaned my office and found things. Oh God, are any of them mine? Uh, mail. Okay. <laughs> mail and and I've got some I've got some Conan books I'm I'm sending you. Uh, oh, but, but no, I think that's, I, I think, I think about a year ago, we finally found the last of your crap and got it out of the house. God, I had something else. I was going to, oh, I got an email from Blizzard today, uh, a couple days ago saying they have suspended my World of Warcraft account. <laughs> so, Why? So payment? kind of, so a few months back or maybe like a month and a half ago, so, or, ago I was looking through my bank statement and there was like, there was a 70 something dollar charge from Blizzard. And I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm like, cause that, that's like a, a six month wow subscription. Like I haven't played wow in a couple of years. So I went and I looked and it's like, yeah, that's, that's what that is. And I was like, Hmm, interesting because it says the copy of wow. That's that was downloaded. And the, uh, the subscription were in Austra the Australia Oceania region. Oh God! I was like, "All right, so my account got hacked." So, I went to you know I went to Blizzard's website and said, "Hey, you know this is what happened." They're like, "All right, well you're gonna need to deal with it through your bank." So I dealt with it through my bank, and my bank took back the money. Mm-hmm. 
Apparently, that is in violation of the end user the end user license agreement. <laughs> so, are you serious? Because of that, Blizzard has suspended my account. So I need to call them and be like, "Hey, what the fuck? I did what you told me to do, and you suspended my account because someone else." In the butt. Yeah, and the only reason I'm even going to bother to do that is I haven't tried it yet, but I I suspect that they suspended my other Blizzard game accounts. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've got a Diablo three account and I've got a, and I've got Starcraft, uh, Starcraft two. So if they mess yeah. with those, I'm going to be kind of pissed. Oh, so I got a chance to see the arrival last weekend. I still think Tracy's going to really like it, but I, I was actually kind of underwhelmed. I was disappointed. And then I saw a couple of, do- a couple of documentaries. Um, we watched, I actually kind of rewatched a good chunk of stranger things show is still great uh and then i watched that you might be interested did you see the death of superman lives i own it i bought it at phoenix um i just haven't had a chance to watch it yet yeah i finally got a chance to watch that and it was it's one of those movies that was kind of like the yodaworski dune movie where it was like wow we didn't make this movie but wouldn't have been cool and i my conclusion is no no it really i don't think it would have been cool right i don't like it really no like, all the things you heard about, like, wow, this movie sounded really bad. Like, from, like, the little rumors you heard about that movie, you're like, wow, this sounded bad. When they when they put the whole thing together and show you some of the work they did, you're just like... It's still not any better. No, I don't think it would have been good. Especially in 1999. I don't think it would have been good. It really wouldn't have... It would, would, not, it would, would also not. have had that, like, late 90s film look, you know? Yep. Like, late 90s had that, that particular look to them, and I just... I can't get not over good. it. Yeah, just... It was a bad time for movies. Yeah, it really was. And then what else? I got a chance to see, I rewatched Ghostbusters 2 and finally got a chance to see uh, The Edge of Tomorrow because everyone said it was great and it, was, it wasn't. It was It was kind of dumb. But that, that's really about it. That was all I've been doing. Oh, playing a lot of Steel Ocean. <laughs> Mindless entertainment. Yep. All right, folks. If you like what we do, make sure you head over to TheReforeGeek.com. Check out our blog post and our podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. I'm the dude. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. Bye-bye.